Happy Christmas, everybody. It's really great to be able to preach and share the Bible with you today on this happy Christmas morning. Um, and I thought that uh, we would be the ones who are having the strange Christmas this year. Um, last February, we moved as family to Asia, and we knew that this Christmas would mean missing things that we're used to having, not being able to see our family and things like that. But it turns out that your Christmas is harder, more confined, and filled with more different kinds of grief than any of us could have imagined back in February when we left. This Christmas day is not what any of you hoped it would be. So then this Christmas morning we're going to open wide the windows in our walls. Right now you're inside, maybe at home, and I'm I'm guessing that your four walls have become pretty familiar to you this year. And it's hard to see beyond them sometimes. And I don't just mean your literal four walls. I mean that the world of our lives can get pretty small and confining. And the confining walls stop us from seeing beyond what is just right in front of us. And seeing into something bigger and greater and more hopeful. Do you have that sense at all this Christmas? that the walls of life surround you and there are no windows to see out into what God has done. Well, we have before us today nine little words uh, in verse 15 that we're going to focus on. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And these words are like little advent calendar windows, you know, that, that open up and reveal something bigger behind them. These words contain worlds, worlds of hope and reality beyond our four walls that confine our vision, that challenge our faith and our hope today. So walk with me through these words and open up the windows into the expansive hope of Christmas. Slow down and let what Paul calls this trustworthy saying that will not change its mind at midnight tonight, that is worthy of full acceptance. Let this fill your hearts and minds. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Let's pray and ask for God's help. Lord, we need it. We need you. Our vision is stifled, our minds are foggy because of so many things in life. But your word is truth, it is reality, and we pray that right now it will be window opening. Open our minds, open our hearts to see afresh the huge and great reality of what you have done in sending Christ to this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's start with our first two words, Christ Jesus. Those two names together are an open window that let in a fresh breeze of hope. Christ means the anointed one. It's the title of a king, the king appointed by God himself. You know when you gather up a snowball and you start with a little bit of snow and then you roll it and roll it and roll it. Maybe you want to make a snowman. You Eventually you gather this great big snowball. It grows and grows. Well, the title Christ does that in the Bible. 
It starts with King David in the Old Testament, this little bit of snow. He's anointed to be God's king over Israel. But it, it rolls in the snow, added to as the centuries roll on with promise after promise from God until you realise that the Christ is this like massive great big snowball now, the sovereign king over the whole world who will accomplish all of God's plan to redeem and fix this shattered existence of ours. Christ is a king. Christ is a ruler with immaculate wisdom and justice. He's not an influencer with suggestions or a scientist with a theory, but God's king with the authority and power to actually do something about the mess we're in. Christ Jesus, Jesus. The angel said to Joseph, you are to call him Jesus. Did you notice that? You are to do this. Here in Vietnam, people like to give their kids nicknames, which kind of stick, I think, for a while. Our neighbour's twins uh, are called aubergine and cucumber. And it sounds way cuter in Vietnamese than it does in English. God decided what this baby would be called for a reason. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means Yahweh saves, God saves. So open the window in your restrictive four walls and gaze out at this. God himself saves us. Rosie had a school show the other day, Christmas show. Her school uses their Finland Finnish education style. And so for the show, the deputy ambassador uh, from Finland to Vietnam came to the show. Bless the guy. He had to sit through three hours of like three to five year olds doing performances to things like Baby Shark. I really felt for him. So we have the deputy ambassador of Vietnam. Not as good as uh, the the ambassador of Finland to Vietnam. Not as good as the king of Finland himself being there at the show. Listen to this. The success of your salvation matters so much to God that he can leave it to some deputy. The story of the Bible throughout the Old Testament actually is the story of a kind of delegated salvation where God entrusted to humans the salvation of people and the renewal of the world. But it's screwed up time after time. And so you get God throughout, especially in the prophets, saying, I myself... I myself am coming. I must do this salvation myself. So open the window into this reality. You and I matter to God so much that he himself saved us. A prophet doesn't save, your pastor doesn't save, a prime minister doesn't save, and a vaccine doesn't save. God saves You are to call him God saves, Jesus. And you can be sure that if God saves, salvation succeeds. God saves, call him Jesus. So 
but do you feel the fresh breeze coming in? Can you see beyond your four confining walls? Christ Jesus. Next two words. Came into. We're all getting used to doing things remotely. I'm preaching to you from 5,000 miles away. Our situation here is so bad that it can't be accomplished remotely by God. God couldn't just set up a Zoom call with the world and put us straight. No, our problem necessitates that somehow the divine would come and be here with us. No more than that, be one of us. This isn't God just saying, okay, I can't fix this on Zoom. Guys, I'm getting on a plane. If your boss says that to you, you know it's serious, right? No, this isn't air travel between heaven and earth. How was the flight, Jesus? It was a long way. When we talk about Christ coming into the world, this isn't so much about distance. It's about wide difference. The difference, a difference that is beyond description. The vast chasm of difference between God and man. Jesus came. Look a few verses on to the description of God in verse 17. Now to the king eternal immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. That's who Jesus, the Son of God, is in his divine self. That's actually almost a perfect description of what humans are not in comparison to God. Think about it. God is eternal. We are time-bound. God is immortal. Everyone dies. He is invisible. We have a, we have a body. We, we're in one fixed place. He's the one and only God. We're kind of different to everyone else, but we're also just all humans of the same kind. So do you feel how vastly different God is to us. He's not just a really, really big version of us who needs to kind of become smaller and come nearer. God's of a, another kind of being entirely. Now it's that radically different God who came into the world. Open the window of that word into for a moment. Christ Jesus didn't hover over the world in a flaming chariot, keeping his distance. God didn't even appear in a burning bush like he did before. And God didn't do what the racing driver Lewis Hamilton did the other day in a speech where he sent lots of positivity to everybody. God came into the world as a human. He embraced a time-bound, mortal, visible life. Hold out your hands for a moment. It's all right, if we all do it, it won't feel quite as weird. 
Imagine you're holding a baby, Jesus. And looking at that fully human face, crying the wet tears of human sadness and desperation. You are looking at the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, Made, Visible. Sometimes only poetry can capture it. Let earth and heaven combine, angels and men agree, to praise in songs divine the incarnate deity, our God contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. See in that infant's face the depths of deity, and labour while ye gaze to sound the mystery. In vain ye angels gaze no more before silently adore. He deigns in flesh to appear, widest extremes to join, to bring our vileness near and make us all divine. And we the life of God shall know, for God is manifest below. Came into. These words contain a world beyond our four walls. The refreshing, hope-expanding reality is that God came into our existence. Okay, let's open another window. Christ Jesus came into the world. Let me ask you, how do you feel about our world right now? You know, if you were to fill out a um, TripAdvisor review for our world, what kind of rating would you give it? Worth a visit? Uh, try not to come during pandemic season. Uh, better seen as a tourist rather than living here, because if you stay here too long, you begin to see the cracks. God sees all the cracks. He sees all the dirty corners of this world. He doesn't need a review. He's the eternal, immortal, invisible God who sees everything, every home and every heart. He sees every dark motive, every flash of immorality that passes through our minds and out into our actions. He hears the groans of the natural world. He hears the sobs and grief and the shouts of anger. He notices the unnoticed and he sees every single human heart relentlessly bent on God's dethronement and, and our replacement of him. God knows more about vileness in this world than we could ever conceive of. We barely even know the full extent of our own sin. And it's into this world that Jesus came. He chose the location with the worst reviews and he paid with his life to save it. Jesus didn't come to his buddies. He didn't come to his friends. John 1 tells us he came to his own Israel, but his own did not receive him. We've got to stop thinking that we're a great bunch of people, decent if not flawed, that God is just buzzing to spend some time with. If we think that about our world and ourselves, we are just not seeing clearly this world is not an attractive destination for Christ Jesus to come into. This world 
is the territory of the race who have declared ourselves rid of God's loving rule and know God's own. That's what this world is to us. And if he did dare to come into our land, well, well, the story tells itself. We'd kill him. And yet, brothers and sisters, knowing that, because of that, Christ Jesus came into this world. What kind of love does that? What kind of love doesn't scrap us and start again, but painfully comes to redeem the very ones who do not want him to come? Open the window, see beyond our four walls. Christ Jesus came into your world, your mess and muck, your sin and shame for you, for us all. It's Christmas Day, which means you get to open the big window in our Advent calendar. Here's our big window to see beyond the restrictive and hope-sapping four walls of our lives. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, this little phrase is problematic for us. If you've been a Christian for a while, uh, it just becomes over-familiar. Saving sinners, salvation of sinners. Yep. Yeah, we kind of know it's supposed to be more spectacular than it feels to us. Or maybe if you're not a Christian, it's a problem as well, because it's just a, a, a kind of phrase, two little words that don't really make much sense. I need saving from something. I wasn't, I don't feel like I do. Sin, what is that? That feels like an old word. Now these two words that save sinners, what they mean, are no less than the whole point of everything. They are the whole point of everything God has been doing, and they are the whole point of this baby. They are the words that fling wide the windows and open up a real world of hope for us. So we've got to understand first this world, this word sinners. Our sin from which we need saving is the hell-deserving crime of smashing the relationship with God that he made us for. The king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God who deserves honour and glory forever and ever, is spat upon every day by all of us when we live as if he is not the king eternal. We build our lives and our, our societies on the foundation of what we desire, not what he desires. We think, feel and say and do things that break others down. And the king eternal will not stand for that. And he cannot overlook that. So he has come to save us from that. I think this year has woken us up. It's woken us up to the painful thorns of our world which encroach upon us in unexpected ways but the root of all the thorns is that one word we are sinners 
Are you ready to admit that today? Are we ready with the windows open, you know, just to stop pretending that we're a bit sick or just in need of some education or, or trying hard, but okay, we're not perfect. Are we ready to admit today that what sits right now within our four walls is actually the problem? Do you think Jesus would have come and bridged those wide extremes of God and man in order to suffer and die to save us if sin just wasn't that bad? Christmas tells us how bad we are because it tells us the lengths Christ Jesus had to go to save us. Ah, oh, but if... If you can dare to say with your own lips, I am a sinner, then you're ready for the other word that is a window into a sweet world. Save. He came to save sinners. I mean, happy Christmas, everyone. God saves he saves. This is not how the story should go. The king eternal, immortal, invisible, deserving glory and honour forever and ever makes a world for people. People steal the world. King eternal, immortal, judges sinners. That's how the story should go, right? And yet here's the stubborn, wonderful fact of Christmas. God saves sinners. His judgment will come one day. Make no mistake, but there is a window, a window of opportunity, a window of time, because Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So if you believe on him, entrust yourself to him, and with humility and adoration say, God, you, you are the King of Time, the only God. He will save That sin, those cracks we painfully described, he forgives it. He forgives it all. And he repairs the cracks in our lives and in our world. He makes us new. And he gives us the gift, Paul says, of eternal life. What's that? It's life with the eternal king. How does God save sinners? Does he just click his fingers and save us? No, the Son of God must die. The body that the Son of God took on at Christmas was a body that could bleed. It was a body that could stand in for hours, mind and heart, flesh and blood. God became one of us, with us, not only so that he could say, here I am, but here I am for you. Here I am instead of you, as he died on the cross in our place. Jesus died as if a sinner, so that we, the real sinners, could be saved. Our guilt was paid for with the human blood of the sinless Christ Jesus. That's how he does it. 
And that body that the Son of God took on at Christmas was also a body that could be resurrected. His flesh and blood resurrection life is given to us so that we can live forever with him, the King Eternal. Do you feel stifled today? Has your hope and joy been sapped and savaged by life around you and by your sin inside you? Then open that window. Breathe in the fresh air of grace. Look beyond your four walls of quarantine or of grief and of sin. And hear the cry of this baby that sings, God is for us. Here is a Christmas saying, trustworthy, life-changing, window-opening. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Let's pray. Magnificent Lord, King Eternal, it stretches our minds and overwhelms our hearts that you, the King Immortal, would come and be made mortal so that you would live, die and live again for us so that we could live forever with you. Lord Jesus, the Son of God, that you would come to raise us up and pick up us, us up out of our dirt, our pain, our four walls, and our sin, and make us children of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. Thank you for your overwhelming mercy and patience that you do not treat us as we deserve, but you came and have done everything to be the full human that we cannot be and in your perfection die to make us right and bring us forgiveness. Oh Lord, I pray for each one of us in different places, but one in Jesus, that today you would give us real, solid hope that the windows of our world would be opened up that the fresh breeze of grace might come in, and that you'd fill us with joy today, because Christ has been born for us. And we pray these things with joy and confidence in that name that you gave, Jesus. Amen.